0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation.
1: Danny is here. And let me tell you, I was a little bit more nervous about having this conversation that I wanted to let off because she's a powerhouse. And also, you know, we, I've talked about this before in some of the intro episodes, but she helped create this, this WOMED community that you have. She is adored by so many, including me. I am a huge fan of Danny Levesque. She has done so much for nursing. She has runs this incredible blog. And she is such an accomplished nurse practitioner, just kicking ass ECMO ICU. I mean, these are hard shoes to fill. So I was nervous and I'm excited that we kind of touched on that in this episode. But I mean, she's going through a lot of life changes. A lot of life changes new baby. She's literally holding on to her new babe as we were recording this episode. I
0: know. I wish I, oh, I just wish I could have hugged her through the screen. It is time for everyone's new favorite segment, will no You Didn't. And this week, of course, Jackie into coming on without knowing what this will no episode is going to be about.
1: I know. I'm literally, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what it is that you're going to show me and i'm starting to get a little anxious about it so can you just tell me because i i can't take it anymore what is it this has
0: literally bothered me since this movie came out i was in nursing school the ending scene i guess it's not the ending scene it's the hospital scene of twilight and bella's flipping nasal cannula is like in her eyeballs and it is the most <laughs> irritating. Like I'm sweat. I'm sweating thinking about it. It has irritated me since nursing school.
1: Oh my god. I I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. I feel like I need to pull up a Google photo real quick. Google now. a photo. Um, so because it's in- I'm pretty sure. Is this the thing that's been turned into like memes? I'm I'm telling you, there have been memes that have come out of this scene because it's so ridiculous. It might be. Okay. She's got yeah, like I'm a Google. broken
0: leg, but like whatever. That doesn't bother me. Okay.
1: Twilight Bella nasal cannula. (gasps) Ooh,
0: it's in her eyeballs. Even from a filming standpoint, you have this camera on her. Like, how many freaking people are down in Video Village watching this thing live, and they aren't like, "Is that really how
1: that's supposed to look?" That's pretty bad. Really? Yeah, this is pretty bad. I'm. Yeah, this is this has definitely been turned into some memes because it's so epically bad we will post That's the photo for them in case yeah. you don't know does does this take away from twilight yeah like does this take away from twilight for us <sighs> i think christian stewart takes away from twilight for me Ooh. Ooh.
0: If i'm being per- perfectly honest she was not my choice
1: for bella but mm. so you were an avid twilight reader yeah before the movies yeah. i was as well i was as well no shame mm-hmm. No, what do you mean no shame? I
0: I was emo. I loved Muse before it was in, what you call it, Twilight. Wow. (laughs) So there.
1: (laughs) I was also a Twilight, like a Twilight dork. Like, I fucking loved those books. Like, read through them in two days kind of situation and was very excited about the movies. Mm -hmm. Obviously was very excited for who was casted for? Edward. For Edward, Robert Pattinson. Perfect. I was ugh, exactly what I had imagined. Mm-hmm. Yes. Chef's kiss. Anna Kendrick, perfectly cast. I know. Perfect. What a, gr- like, what a great career she's had. Oh, side yeah. Out, from Twilight. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Bella, I think, you know, if you were an avid reader of the Twilight books, I think, I think like, there was a general consensus that we were all kind of like, mm, not my, not my top choice, but. Not my top choice. It was okay. It was fine. It could have been better. Mm, yeah. But she's she's come a long way as an actress. Don't you think? Oh, I, 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 I sense hesitation still. Do you have a personal vendetta against- I don't. Like,
0: I want to like her. I really, like, I think she's a super cool chick. I don't know about, like, her acting skills. But, okay, I will say, her latest movie- it was a Christmas movie with Dan Levy, phenomenal. I was like,
1: I mean, obviously oh my I God. saw that because I love Dan Levy. Yes, I love him. But she just she
0: acted her ass off in that movie. Or she didn't. I don't yeah. know. Maybe she was just playing herself and that just felt more comfortable for her. But now we've got her cast as Princess Di and apparently she got a standing ovation. And I don't know if that was just like pure love for the late princess or if she really did like a stand-up job. So, I'm hoping Yes, because I feel like she has grown, and that was evidenced in that last movie that I saw. But I don't know, Princess Di. That's,
1: that's it's heavy. A that's heavy. When's that movie come out? I don't know, but we should watch it. Yeah, that's gonna. That's a huge role for her. I'm. I'm a little nervous for her. I'm rooting for her. I am. I'm rooting for her. Okay.
0: But what would you? Yeah, rate? you can have
1: your hesitations.
0: <laughs> but what would you rate that scene in Twilight?
1: Oh, I mean, honestly, I'm going to give it like a a three because it's on her face. Yeah, like it's on her face. I mean, like I'm looking at the photo right now. It could be worse. Like what if they were using it for something else? You know, it's on her face. Always looking
0: on the bright side. And I'm here like, (laughs) why?
1: What are you giving it? What's your number? 0.5. Zero. (sighs) Ouch damn i
0: gave it a 0. 0.5 for being on her face any nursing student knows how to put on a nasal cannula or hopefully they do i mean i did
1: true but true it's like one of the easiest things you can do yeah in this yeah it is bad so like
0: they they clearly didn't bad. have a nurse they didn't have a doctor they didn't have a nursing student they didn't have an emt they didn't have a paramedic
1: why was bella in the hospital can you remind like why was Bella even in the hospital? I don't it's like going to bother me now. Because
0: James the Tracker was like going after her and she, like de- I don't know like broke her leg and like tried to kill her because Edward killed no. Because Edward challenged him. That's what it was. It's right. very emo. <laughs>
1: Like I, I don't remember. Maybe I need to rewatch Twilight. It's on Netflix still, right? I remember when yes. they put it back on Netflix. Yes. Okay. All okay. Of the movies. Just add it to my TV list. Honestly, it's just ongoing right now. <laughs> I'm loving this segment, and I hope that people give us some other scenes to review. Yes. Because this is just—it's fun. This is like the highlight of my day, to be honest.
0: <laughs> ah. Well, we need to give Jackie a better highlight every day, so make sure you send in more. <laughs> more funny clips for us to review. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Without further ado, y'all, welcome back to your old co-host, Danny Levesque.
2: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice.
3: Danielle, your face like looks the best that it's ever looked. (laughs) This place that you're working, I don't know what products you're using, but I looked at your video today and I was like, oh my God, what is this woman doing? You look (laughs) ageless. Like, I know these are all things that people aren't supposed to care about, but I was just like, damn, you look great. Come visit or
0: I'll just bring stuff up there for you when I get to come see You need to come. You need
3: to come see this baby. He's so much better now than he was. He's so much more enjoyable.
0: How are you feeling? Do you feel like you're kind of getting into a routine now? Yeah, I feel a lot
3: better than the first four weeks. I actually, up until the first six weeks, I pretty much was like, this is terrible. Like, when is this going to change? And it's so conflicting because you carried this little creature and you birthed him and you love him more than anything but you feel the worst that you've ever felt and I'm sure this changes for like second time moms third time moms whatever but first time mom I was just even John we didn't want to say it out loud but we were like at two weeks we're like what have we done with our lives because it's (laughs) so bad I mean you just don't sleep at all and then You know, they just can't. I mean, I don't know how to describe it. And the other thing, which I've obviously talked about, is I didn't realize how much it was going to hurt. (laughs) Like afterwards, you mean mean like oh after? What? Yeah, I mean, well, the birth process was definitely the most painful thing of my entire life times ten. But like afterwards, I didn't realize how much it was going to hurt. And like, you know, they give you. You talk to all your friends about it, and everyone has a different birth story. And they tell you it's gonna hurt, but I don't think I think that thing really does happen where you forget because you end up loving the baby so much and then you have another one that you honestly just forget how bad it hurt. I will never forget how bad it hurts. Like let me just tell you. So I'm still not one hundred percent better, but I'm get moving in the right direction. put it that way, but I was just shocked. I mean, I couldn't sit on my right side for, like six weeks at least. Like I couldn't wow. even walk. So it was, not, and I'm very sensitive. I recognize that I'm very in tune with my feelings. And I'm very, I don't like pain that I can't control. So I think that I was like, really over the top with that. And I, I definitely, you know, was more dramatic about it than some women would be. But um yeah, I, so I was not ready for that at all. But yeah, it's crazy. It's I, I think if we decide to do this again, and if I get pregnant again, or whatever, I think the next time will be uh, at surrogate? least more familiar yeah yeah god. yeah surrogate I wish they're like a hundred thousand dollars you know I looked into it <laughs> you know I looked into it because I hated being pregnant too which you also knew that <laughs> I also knew that yeah but I do love this little boy so much he's I and I actually like like bait like I find myself interested in babies now you know which you know I never was into never whatsoever were. like whatsoever now I'm like oh my god they're so cute like I'm I'm very interested in people who are having babies. I just I'm a new I'm a different woman than I was 10 weeks ago. So that is so incredible to hear
1: you say, and I think your, you know, the platform that you've built on Instagram and having so many people kind of go through this journey with you journey. We love to use the word journey, <laughs> but so does the Bachelor. Um, it's fine. I know Danielle is here, but you really bring up so many good points about this like fourth trimester that I think so many women or people that have had children we don't talk about the fourth trimester. We talk about the glories of pregnancy and the pregnancy glow and then this beautiful creature that you've brought into the world, but we don't talk about the fourth trimester and and what's happening to mom and what is going through your body physically and emotionally and mentally. And so I think it's great how honest you are about the trials and tribulations of this fourth trimester. And I think I, I personally would love to know more. Like, how has that been trying to not just navigate being a new mom and your body changing, but you have this pressure of a career too.
3: Well, it's been really hard. You have all of these, you know, I mentioned conflicting emotions over and over and over again. And I want to preface everything with by speaking about this and talking about it on my Instagram account and whatever, I don't ever want people to think that I'm ungrateful, you know, for the fact that I was able to get pregnant. I have a very healthy baby. I have you know, a great husband. You know, a two-income household. I have things. I I'm extremely fortunate. I have things that you know other people would kill for. And I am not blind to the fact that not everyone has that. So I don't want it to come across as complaining. But what I do wish is that somebody would have, or I would have maybe researched. People, I'm sure, have talked about it before. I wish I would have known. Just so I mean, it just flips your life upside down. And then I mentioned the physical pain. That was the biggest thing. Um, the emotional pain for me, I was somewhat ready for that because I've had issues with depression and anxiety and whatnot in the past. So I was very in tune to that. And I knew about postpartum depression. And, you know, a lot of people that I follow had spoken about that already. So, like, I was watching for that. And I really haven't had postpartum depression. Do If I wasn't able to get help with my child, I do think I could have had postpartum depression very, very easily. But I knew that I was going to be getting a babysitter and I had like an active search going and, you know, I knew I'd be getting four to six hours a day of help or, you know, three days a week or so, and then help whenever I go back to my job. So there's that. And then there's the component of it, like with your husband, so or your partner. And for me, my husband is, he's very, I pretty much agrees with, you know anything that I say about this, but it is it sort of is the way it is, and he tries his best. but you know his career seems to always come first already, and almost even though I'm staying at home and I have this babysitter, you know where i I use when she's here, I'm actually like ten times more productive because I know I'm paying someone to watch my kid. You know, I need to cram in like a hundred things while she's available for the six hours a day that I have, but to my husband, I'm really in his mind, not even like working yet, which I started working back on my blog at four weeks when this baby was four weeks old. And I've like gradually increased it over time. And then next week, I'll go back to the hospital. And still in his mind, you know, I think I'm the one that's expected to do pretty much everything. And he does like he'll do certain he's been very busy at work. So it's been super hard for him. But like, I still get that feeling, you know, no, it seems like no matter what, unless you are with an extremely special partner, you know, or someone who doesn't work or works less that if you have a baby, you still are doing the majority of the work, the homework, the work at your job. I mean, you're just adding additional jobs, you know, to your, your resume, essentially. And if you're breastfeeding, I mean, add another full-time job to your to your resume. That's pretty much, there were a number of reasons why I had to stop breastfeeding, but a huge part of it was the time. Like, I just couldn't mm-hmm. handle it, you know, like mad props to women who can make it super far with the breastfeeding, but that's like a full-time job. I People have measured it out. It's literally like 40 hours a week that you spend breastfeeding a baby. I don't think I realized that. Right. I didn't realize it either. So I had this major freak out and like exclusively pumped after a couple of weeks. And I the reason I exclusively pumped, there are many, but I was I didn't know anything about it. That's another thing. So all of my milk came in and my boobs were rock hard. And one night he like couldn't latch. And I didn't understand why he couldn't latch. But it was because my boobs were rock hard. And he lost his mind so much before I could like, before we, it took three hours before we realized that he was hungry. I needed to like hand express my boobs or like hand pump something out of my boobs. And he was so worked up. We like could not get him to latch even after that. So we, luckily I had a bottle here and we just shoved a bottle in his mouth. Well, it freaked me out so much that I ended up exclusively pumping and then I could monitor like how many ounces he was getting. It's very anal of me, but very typical at the same time. You, it's, know, very you. It's, it's very typical. I need numbers. I, I I track everything in an app. I like to know what he's doing all day, every day, you know. But when I started exclusively pumping, it was, oh, he wakes up every one to two hours anyway. But every time he wakes up, I not only have to feed him, burp him, hold him upright because he spit up everything. So hold him upright for 15 to 20 minutes, lay him back down, hope he goes to sleep and then also hook myself up to a pump and pump you know, to continue, you know, it's like a supply and demand situation. So anyway, it was just literally no sleep for the entire first six weeks. And then I had a decent stash. So I mixed, I did mix breast milk for like three weeks after that. And I have another, I'm super anal. So I have another two weeks in the (laughs) freezer just in case (laughs) he gets COVID or RSV. And I need to feed him breast milk. And then it gives me time to relactate, you know, if he gets sick because I'm psychotic. Yeah. But I thought it was a pretty good idea, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's <Danielle>. honestly genius.
1: <laughs> it, it is genius. Where are you learning some of these tips? Like, who are you get? How are you finding support right now? Who are you getting all this information from? Because there are,
3: I think, you know, a lot of moms, when you go into this, you're like, you have no idea all of these things you have to learn. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are so many great moms on on Instagram. My Instagram followers teach me a whole lot. The COVID RSV, saving the breast milk thing, that was all me, though. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anyone else that's done that. I don't even know if it (laughs) makes a difference, but, like, you're going to coin that.
1: You should. You're going to coin that, and uh, people are going to start letting you know. That's right. You you
3: get a a TM on that one. Those antibodies. That's right. And if you didn't know, RSV is really bad right now. So, um, yeah, so I'm just paranoid, and... I don't know, kind of scared to exist. I'm scared to like take the baby out of the house and uh, whatever. So, yeah, no. I mean, honestly, like my platform has given me access to so many great moms and they've all been nice. Like I haven't had one nasty mom or like super nasty comment that I wanted to like snap back at, you know? So, That's I'm super good. lucky with that. I also have a sister-in-law that has 3 kids uh and she's she's a great mom, so I'm able to talk to her. And then, you know, for the new mom thing, pretty much everyone on my nurse practitioner team is breeding. So there's (laughs) like a ton of us. So this year alone, I think, and there's only 29 people on our team and probably like 25 females. So this year alone, four or five of us have had babies and now another five are pregnant, three are due in January. So, and I, and like, most of us are first time moms so it's been really nice to have that perspective as well of the first timer thing which i'm pretty certain people forget about
1: <laughs> wow i'm i'm really curious how is that being received with the team that you're having so many of your uh, so many of your team have babies and get pregnant because in medicine
3: oh we know how all always- <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's the double standard, huge double standard. So I'm definitely in the right job. I can tell you, like, there are so many things I can complain about in my job. However, overall, I have a great boss who is the only boss that I would ever coin that I've had as great. But she has a family and a lot of people on our team have a family and have babies. And so they're very cognizant of that. And unless you're being completely ridiculous it's received pretty well. And we just like any nurse, you know, pretty much just figure out how to get through it. You know, you can't people are allowed to have families and get pregnant and have babies and you can't control when that's going to be. So I am lucky to have a boss that accepts that. And then also, you know, my institution has some issues, they did just give for full time employees. 12 weeks of paid maternity leave last year, which is almost unheard of in nursing. Mm
0: -hmm. However,
3: I went down to two days a week and didn't realize that I would get zero of that. So instead of being able to get like the short-term disability benefit or anything like that, I was unable to get any of it. And I didn't have any PTO because I had to have knee surgery in February. So I used my PTO for that. So, you know, it's not perfect, but I will say in my institution, it's getting better. And we are short staffed because of maternity leave, and we will continue to be short staffed probably through the next year. Um, but what are you going to do? You know, the other thing is the night shifting. So there were some things that I realized now that I would have said a long time ago. I've made comments a long time ago and past judgment about mothers and people who have to put their kids first and Whatever. And it was, and I would complain. And I feel so bad about that now because I'm just like, wow, what a, I'm such a freaking idiot. Like, why did I do that? So I've noticed, you know, like one thing that happened regarding the night shift. We had a nurse practitioner on the team who had a bad pregnancy. She had a lot of health issues. This was her second pregnancy. She was scheduled to work night shift. She was like having chest pain on night shift and, you know, feeling absolutely terrible. She ended up with preeclampsia, but like basically mm-hmm. had to come off night shift. And everyone was complaining about her having to come off night shift and not work her days and like push them to the side. And, you know, I think back in the day, I probably would have complained about that too. But the reality is, like, there are some countries where pregnant nurses don't even work night shift. You know, you're not even supposed to. They don't let you work night shift, they let you off at 34 weeks you know, like, to actually treat you like a human fucking being, which I get so worked up about this now, because it's just our maternity leave policy in this country is disgusting. Like this country Truly. hates women. And I know that there's worse, but like, I'm so fucking over it. So anyway, we of course have to work up to 4041 weeks or until the baby is born. But we have to stick up for each other. Because, you know, this NP that had to come off night shift, What are we supposed to do? Like have her put the baby's life at risk, put her life at risk, working night Mm -hmm. shift. You can't do that. You know, it's just the way that it is. And unfortunately, we don't have an institution, um, most of us don't, that supports that. So we have to pick up the slack for it for now until, you know, it changes. So, you know, I have four other friends that are pregnant right now. And I already told one of them, like, if you're working your night shifts and you cannot do it, we have to cover for each other. We have to just suck it up. We have to work the extra shifts, like everything. So we have to take care of each other, essentially. I forget the original question.
1: (laughs) Well, no, it is nice that you feel somewhat, you know, supported at work because you're right. It is such a, it, it is so uncommon in medicine and in healthcare and it's such a double standard. And unfortunately in this country, like so many other cultural and societal institutions in the U.S., Medicine and our healthcare system were built on male dominance and foundations of patriarchy and misogyny, Mm -hmm. and I do think it's getting better in some aspects, in some ways. But more, you know, with more gender equality in the medical school admissions, and um, we're starting to see, you know, female, particularly female-dominated professions like nursing, have opportunities to go back to school. Nurse practitioners, obviously, that all still has its issues. So while medicine may be heading in the right direction. We have so many foundations in the patriarchy and we see it in like in these individual stories with with people after having children trying to go back to work and not feeling supported. And
3: anyway, it is it's just so fast backwards. It is. I do definitely feel like it's getting better. I will say that it's just in the meantime, we all have to support each other, whether or not we have kids, you know, whether or not you think that like there's, there's so many, so much judgment to be passed. And I passed a lot of it, especially, and I probably still will, especially, you know, before I got pregnant and had this baby. But like, you know, even if you think that so-and-so shouldn't be having four kids or, you know, cause nobody wants you to have a big family anymore. So even though you think they shouldn't have four kids, or even though maybe they should have had a different backup childcare, you know, we have to cover for each other because, there are unforeseen circumstances most of the time. And I'll say with my team, I know everyone's trying. I don't have a bad member on my team. I'm, I, It's small. So like we get very good people that work with us and like nobody is trying to like skip out on work or anything like that. So it's like, we just have to support each other in the meantime until these things change. And on the flip side of that, if you can take the time off, Like take the time off. It's not a really great example to say, oh, I have to work, I have to work and like play the martyr and go back at six weeks, you know, with your vagina still bleeding and like (laughs) barely being able to walk. So it's not great to do that either. If you can take the time off and like be an advocate for it, I think that's better than just sucking it up, you know?
0: You bring up a good point though with this whole different hierarchy and like women wanting to go back to work after they've had their babies, but childcare being an issue. And I'm just curious if John um, is able to take like paternity leave. Is that something that's offered? Is he planning on doing that?
3: Yeah, actually, John gets better benefits than me. So technically, John can take three months. It's not all paid, but he gets sick time. So he can save up his sick time and use that where nurses don't usually get sick time. You know, so Mm -hmm. he was able to use sick time for two weeks um, and then he can take it any time within the first year of the baby's life. So he's going to be taking another two weeks in October, which I can't wait because I feel like I haven't seen him at all, honestly, just because he is working so much and they're very short staffed too. So he has to come home and do more work and it's just this whole like thing. So anyway, yeah, he actually has paternity leave, which is fantastic. So whenever he was going to take it, he told the scheduler, you know, Danielle's due July 4th. So sometime around then I'm going to take 2 weeks. So the scheduler, you know, is an older guy and you know the paternity leave is approaching and they're short staffed and whatever and he was in and John's like, "Well, she's it's July 4th, you know, she hasn't had the baby yet. I don't know if she's going to have it." And he goes why isn't she getting induced on July 4th? And John was like, "Oh, uh, you should probably <laughs> ask her that." Like, he goes, "She doesn't want to get d- induced on July 4th." And he's like, "Well, she hasn't had the baby by July 4th, like that every day that she waits to have the baby is just going to be deducted from your paternity leave." And John was like, "That doesn't really work that way." Their department hasn't had a that baby in a no long sense. time. But he was like, yeah, I don't think that works that way. And, you know, John Bean, he's just so kind and collects all of his information before he says anything, you know, kind of unlike me. But he was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was like, well, let me, you know, look into this. Well, it's like the law. So you can't just deduct, you know, days from someone's paternity leave because the baby isn't born yet. So anyway, I ended up getting induced <laughs> at 41 weeks. But they had to change some things around and they like, you know, it was difficult for them. Like they totally were not used to it at all.
1: That is such a typical U.S. thing to say, Right, oh, your 40 weeks get induced. It's like, <laughs> I love how that's just the stamp that people just assume that now. And it's like that brings up a whole other, you know, can of worms about uh, about inductions before 40 weeks and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. curious, like, what was your decision making into not wanting to get induced at 40 weeks?
3: Well, for one, okay, so there's like a few things and they're totally anecdotal. And, uh, you know, I have no research behind it whatsoever. It was more of just like a feeling. It was more my feelings, you know. So for one, it was July 4th, a holiday Sunday. Nobody's going to induce me on July 4th on a Sunday, you know. So that wasn't my plan, too. I think it's after 41 weeks that the pregnancy becomes more of a risk than a benefit to the woman. So I thought, okay, like I'll go to 41 weeks or whatever. The other thing was like, I know the day that I got pregnant with this baby. Like I know the exact day. It is impossible that it happened any other day. And they measured, I know when they measured the uh, fetus They made him older than he actually was. I knew that. So, and I told them that I was like, it is impossible. I know I did not get pregnant any other day. Like, I know. And so, anyway, in my mind, I knew this. I knew that they were measuring him older than he actually was. So, I was not going to induce any earlier. You know, like, I don't mind. Like, I just, I kind of just wanted to go into labor naturally, if at all possible you know, my own feelings, of course, but it didn't happen. So I went through the induction process, it was okay, until I got this balloon dilator thing, which I'll never get again. Yeah, and like everything turned out fine. But at the same time, you know, it is like such a, like, got to get him out now, you know, like, you're he's been in there too long, like everything is just so pushy, like everything we do is so pushy. But on the flip side, you don't have a system that really supports you. So I went out at 40 weeks every week that that baby wasn't out of me, you know, deducts from my maternity leave. So, uh, it, that's, but you didn't have anyways, <laughs> right? Exactly. So it like just sort of sucks. So it's like, I'm going back next week and he'll be 11 weeks old. And, um, you know, imagine people in the NICU, like imagine parents in the NICU have babies, you know, two months, three months earlier, whatever they, mm-hmm. they don't have, you don't have a maternity or paternity leave for that. So. Anyway, no, so that don't. was, I didn't really have a huge thought process behind the induction other than those, those two things, I will say.
2: Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy.
3: I'm nervous. I, I wish they could just give us some time. So the kid sleeps through the night, you know, like I plan on, I do plan on sleep training him, uh, just because everyone in my family has sleep trained their kids and they're absolutely like joys to be around because generally they're in great moods and they sleep 12 hours a night and take a big long nap in the afternoon. I do plan on doing that, but I can't do that until four months. So man, if they could just give me like a few more weeks, I would feel a lot better. So I'm very nervous about the fact that I haven't slept through the night since July 8. So uh, and and my brain is doing super weird things. Just like I told you, I messed up the babysitter today. I like switch words around like I wrote R-I-G-H-T instead of uh, W-R-I-T-E. You know, I'm, I'm like flipping like words, like things that I wouldn't normally do. I'm definitely doing, but I think it's just because I'm. So tired, so yeah, we'll see it. see it appears everyone else does it, so I should be able to find a way to get through it, but, yeah, a little nervous,
1: I know it makes me sad, even hearing you you know say these things, it's like these common themes that we see in nursing and in healthcare, get through it, keep going, right, everyone and, else is able to do it, we should be able to do yeah. it, yeah and We're lucky that you have always been like such an advocate for, you know, nurses and for nurse practitioners. And, but, you know, you mentioned something about during your, your birth process, how at 40 weeks, it was kind of your intuition leading you into wanting to wait a little bit. And, you know, I've seen you write recently about, uh, you know, this revelation of feminine qualities that our culture has pushed down and silenced. And so going through this whole process of pregnancy and birth and this fourth trimester, do you think that these new qualities will bring will be kind of shown now through your practice as a nurse practitioner? Like, do you think that you may practice a little bit
3: differently now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's I think there are a couple a few things I didn't truthfully expect. I mean, first of all, I love being a mom and I didn't really expect to. It sounds so terrible to say it out loud, but I've never been someone who loved being a mother and like looking back, you know, I can talk about some of these things a little more freely now, unfortunately, because my mom has Alzheimer's, but like a lot of my life growing up with my mom and my family, I didn't want to share just because I would never want to hurt my own mother by what I said or wrote. But you know my mom was an OBGYN she went through a surgical residency in the 80s she was one of two female physicians you know so she came from that suck it up and get it done generation i mean she went back in 2 weeks after having me you know she went God. back in like 3 weeks after having my brother so um you know my mom's a real ball buster and she has i think a lot of really sad personality characteristics only because of that generation, like only because she felt, and she had to push through and bury her emotions and bury her feelings, you know, because nobody talked about anything back then, you know, and she missed out on a lot. And so I grew up with that mentality. I thought it was, I thought that it was right. You know, I thought that this was the way you're supposed to get through life is to literally work so hard and kill yourself. And I have been doing it since I, I mean, literally, I can remember being 10 years old and like, pushing through and being productive and, you know, knowing I needed to work. And I was pushed by my parents a lot. So I think now, just the fact that I can say, like, I love being a mother. And I, I think women, I've never recognized how incredible women were, I knew they were, but I even more so now, through the pregnancy and through the birth and being a mom only for 10 weeks. I I cannot believe what women go through and how strong they are. And then also this recognition of, you know, these female qualities. I I hesitate to say female and like stereotype them, but because obviously males have the same qualities too, but.
1: Right. It's like the feminine, like we can talk about this, like the feminine energy versus like a masculine. Yes. Regardless of your sexuality or gender identity we can all kind of exhibit these different Perfect. feminine or masculine exactly
3: prayer. that's what i'm trying to you. say we thank got you. Got you thank the, you the you're fluidity. much more woke than i am i need help you know so the feminine I energy to be my <laughs> god bless you so the feminine energy definitely is um i i just feel like it should be praised so much more than it is and you know it's never given a ton of attention. And it's it's so related to what nurses do. And it's such like there's such special qualities that so many people don't have. And that's the other thing. I never recognized how many people don't have those qualities, you know, until like the last year where I thought, I, I thought these were like normal and natural. And like, you know, everyone had was able to, to be compassionate and care and have empathy and whatever. And they don't like they, people just don't have it. Some people don't, um, but we have it. So I do think that I just recognizing that will change my practice to an extent. One thing is I think that women and mothers are insanely great multitaskers in our brains. I'm sure our brains are wired differently than men. Um, and I think that, having that quality going back to work will be beneficial to me. It will also be beneficial to have an even bigger life at home. um, That takes my mind off of work all the time. You know, like I used to just think about work all the time. What am I, why am I not publishing anything? Why have I not learned this procedure yet? You know, um, I need to work. I, I, I didn't stay late enough. I feel guilty for, you know, leaving this patient to my coworker, like, all of these things would go through my mind and still somewhat go through my mind. But on the flip side, I'm just like, all right, well, I can do that anytime. You know, I'm not leaving this job anytime soon. I don't plan on, you know, switching career paths as a nurse practitioner. Like I can live in this season that I'm living in with this newborn baby and focus on home life for a year or, you know, as long as I really want to, and I can always go back to work. And just because I don't you know, publish an article or write, you know, there's someone recently asked me to write something for the AACN. Well, if I don't write that, then, you know, it's okay. I'll be, I'll get a chance to write it again some other day. And I honestly think that that's healthier than the mentality that I had before. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. (laughs) Really. It's so weird. Like I I like want to be home. Like I tried to go out the other night. I was like, it's his bedtime. You know, I really want to go give him a bath and go home and you guys enjoy yourselves, you know, like it's, 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 and it's fine. And I love it just as much as I love being out or more, you know, or, you know, being at work or anything else. So um, I think the balance for me will actually be a really good thing. You've almost been like forced into,
0: not forced, but you have these boundaries now that have just like appeared
3: for you. Yeah, I have to be forced into everything. Before I actually do it, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I make it sound easy. It's really not, it's not that easy for me. It's a little easier than I thought it would be. But I think just because it's so hardwired from such a young age, there will always be this part of me that's just slightly disappointed, you know, that I haven't done more at this stage in my career. Because I've been a nurse practitioner for slightly over three years now. It took me a little longer to adjust than I thought, you know, the second that I moved here, I met my now husband, you know, that relationship, I loved, you know, being with him and it was on like warp speed, you know, because then we got married, then we got engaged, then we got married, then I got pregnant a month later, you know, then I was pregnant. Now I have a baby. So it's really that part of my life has really taken over and, um, I really haven't been able to focus on my career nearly as much as I as I thought I would have. I think there is like a tinge of disappointment, but you just can't have it all at the same time. You know, I, you you can probably have it all, I would say, if if you're lucky enough or for, or you work hard enough or whatever, but it just can't come pouring in at the same time. So at the time that I started working as a nurse practitioner, you know, my life completely changed. I didn't have, I dated a lot, but I didn't have a boyfriend that was worth anything, you know, before meeting John. Yeah, so once I met him, I really needed to focus on that relationship and and build it because I knew he was great and I knew I wanted to get married and and have kids and whatever. So that's what I focused on. I think a little later down the road, I'll be back to focusing on my career more and back at it more more writing hopefully publishing like finishing my certifications on my procedures and all of that stuff but right now it's just not going to happen because i have this thing i wish you could see his, <laughs> his mouth is oh he's mouth breathing his oh. his eyes are closed he's mouth breathing
1: i know i wish the listeners could see but we are all on zoom here and just looking at our <laughs> first <laughs> official male guest on the women <laughs> yes little stinker. But yeah, I think that that's, you know, you really do seem to have a great awareness about these ebbs and flows, right? And that, you know, I think there's probably times where you feel like you can't do it all. But I promise you, there are people watching you already saying this woman does do it all you do do it all. I mean, you are an incredible mom, you are still running this successful blog, um, helping so many nurses and nurse practitioners make that transition. And And you're still having a career like you are doing it all. That's at least what I'm seeing. (laughs) Oh,
3: that's really sweet. We're always harder on ourselves than, you know, people are on us. That's for sure. But I guess, I don't know. I guess I am in a way, I would say. I certainly didn't plan on having this baby with me during this podcast, but so far it's working out okay.
0: <laughs> it is. He's being great. So far, <laughs> knock on wood. Definition of multitasking, <laughs> literally.
1: Exactly. I know. When,
0: when Danny told me about the mix-up with the babysitter and she's like, well, there might be some baby noises. And I was like, if you're fine with it, I'm fine with it. I don't care. It's real life. You love babies. I, I do love babies. You love them. But I'll i <laughs> I do. <laughs> I can't wait to grow one. But I would probably I'll probably be that person on um that movie like what to expect when you're expecting that like wants the baby so badly. And then like all the worst parts of pregnancy is like what I'm gonna get. Oh, I'll be I like hope not. sweating and like peeing my pants and like all the acne and just like the royal pain and but then I'll have like the perfect child I hope
3: so I hope so (laughs) and I hope your pregnancy (laughs) isn't like that I didn't like being pregnant it sucked man it was like so debilitating oh not good for me and it turns out like one in ten women will be like I love being pregnant but everybody else is like yeah it sucks so you wouldn't be alone (laughs) you'd be in good company Do you think there's people that really do like being pregnant? Or do
0: you think they're like, I'm supposed to like being pregnant. I'm supposed to want to be this like homeowner or home. Body. Work. Uh, Whatever.
3: Yeah. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think there definitely are. I mean, when I would waddle around the hospital. There's I'm telling you, it was like one in 10 women. Oh, I loved being pregnant. It was the I miss being pregnant. Don't you miss feeling him move inside of you. And the answer to that is no, I don't miss it. Because let me tell you, this kid kicks (laughs) all the time outside and inside. And he used to punch me, I could see his little feet and hands come through my belly. And you know, it's not comfortable. So I haven't missed it. One bit, I'd much rather have him on the outside than the inside. And, um, but yeah, no women, some love being pregnant and more power to them. I'm so happy that there's some people in this world that really do love it. I'm not one of them, but the end product is great. I will say they were all, everyone was right about that. The end product is fantastic, but the pregnancy, no, it's not great. And like, I mean, your whole body changes. Like if you, you know, ever had any body issues in your life, which I did, it definitely it's definitely hard to be pregnant. Like if you fixate on certain things, you know, your weight or um stretch marks or literally anything, you're just in shock by what happens to your body. I mean like the hemorrhoids, I lord, you could go on and on. Your nipples turn like super dark and get big. Like it's your whole body changes and it's incredible. Like how can your body do this? And everything happens, like maybe not the hemorrhoids, but everything happens for a purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's insane that you can feed a child, grow and feed a child off of your own body. But at the same time, because of the societal pressure and like maybe any body issues that you had, you're just like, oh my God, is this ever gonna go back to how it was? And the answer is like, I'm 36 years old. No, it's probably not gonna go back to how it was, but that's okay. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously just s- spit this thing out of my vagina, like nothing is going to be exactly <laughs> how it was before. I mean, it's a resilient <laughs> part of your body, but it's not that resilient. So, um, you know, but you have to learn to accept it and go on. Right.
1: But it's also given you, like you said, this like new appreciation for people that are pregnant and for babies. You have this like, you know, it's funny because we're all in healthcare and you are now finally like seeing this whole other world of, you know, women's health or L&D. And, you know, you mentioned that your mom was an L&D physician. Do you think that this gave you a new appreciation for that field too? Or like at least a new understanding? Oh, totally.
3: Honestly, if I would have, Been as informed then as I am now, I could. I would have totally gone into women's health. I totally would have. You know, really? Oh, I think so. Yeah, like I absolutely love it. I I would not have gone into pediatrics. That's still off the table. But I'm pretty certain if I would have like known as much, I just think it's so important, and and it's it's like a revelation. I just didn't realize you know, how unfair, like these policies are toward women. And then, you know, it's like the older I get, and the more things that I go through, uh, you know, I make these connections of how they're all, they're all related, everything is related. It's all related to nursing too, and like the treatment of women and being primarily, you know, a female dominated profession. It's like, I went through that dating stage where, you know, luckily, I was never sexually assaulted or whatever. But I, I did have instances with men who were very pushy and went way too far, you know, without my permission and these feelings of like, you know, of it being my fault because of, you know, how I dressed or how I presented myself or, you know, all of these, this very dysfunctional thinking that I I come to realize, you know, later on shouldn't have ever happened. I did have, I dated a physician like right after I got divorced, who was literally harassing me at the hospital, following me to my house, you know, and and these things that I brought to someone's attention and they said, they told me he's on a billboard, like nothing, you're nothing's ever gonna happen. You know, so like I did have things happen to me that I should have put my foot down and stopped. But back then, you know, this was 10, 12 years ago, back then I didn't feel the confidence to do. So I I went through that stage of my life where I realized things were like finally realized, you know, looking back. Things were pretty messed up, and then now I'm at this stage of my life where I'm married, I have this baby, and I still realize things are messed up. You know, from like a different perspective. So I think there's so much opportunity for change, and I just have so much more respect for women than I used to, partially because of how I was raised and whatever. That I I wish, you know, it maybe still someday I have plenty of time. I hope, but I do hope. I do think there's so much like room for change and benefit, and I just. I want women to be treated better and like the qualities to be embraced and utilized. And I honestly think that like women make companies so much better, you know, like Mm -hmm. their perspectives and ability. My sister-in-law always says like, we hire women at our job because they are literally the best multitaskers, which I said before. And parents are the best (laughs) multitaskers and they can get so much work done in such a short period of time, you know, which when she said that, I didn't completely understand it, but now I understand it so much more than, you know, when she said it, but, uh, yeah. So I think I definitely would have gone into it. And like, I don't, I think our bodies are incredible. I think before I used to just be terrified of it, literally terrified. And that's why I was, and I was, I mean, I wanted an elective C-section because I was so scared of pushing this child out, but I, you know, I made it through. I told my OB, (laughs) I said. I have so much anxiety about having a vaginal birth that I would rather have heart surgery than push this baby out of me. And she's like, so you want your heart to stop. You're okay with your heart stopping, but you don't want to have this baby, you know, vaginal, <laughs> vaginal delivery. And she's like, you know what? And then I like went through my whole childhood with her and I told her like, why I have all this anxiety and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, it's okay. We can schedule a C-section and you make the decision. I understand, like she was super cool about it. But then I prevailed and like came through at the end.
1: Well, wow. how did like, how did that go for you? What, do you remember like a defining moment that you were just like, no, like I, I'm going to I'm going to do that Vaginal
3: birth. Like how did yeah? my fear of the C-section ended up becoming uh, greater than my fear of the vaginal birth. So it wasn't wow. any I was terrified mm-hmm. of both. I still am terrified of both. I mean, that stuff is scary. This is scary. You can get a baby out in under like three minutes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it brings out that like question to like being in healthcare, I always wonder, is it is it better or worse? Knowing what we know,
3: I think going into the hospital, knowing what we know. I think it's definitely worse. I mean, all I could think about and I tried my hardest to get these thoughts out of my head, but all I could think about were like all of the postpartum mother mothers that I have taken oh, yes. care of. And I mean, the majority of them died just because of like my nature of work. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it was all I could think about. I mean, I was obsessed with the anatomy scan of the baby, you know, and his heart. And like, it's if if you work, whatever area you work in, it's like you seem to fixate on. And I know I'm not the only one that's done this. Yeah, I mean, I would love to just have ignorance. It really is bliss to an extent. I'd love to just go in and be like, (laughs) okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna push this baby out. Won't be any big deal, whatever. But you know, to me, everything is, a we're big naturally deal. supposed to do this. And it's just a beauty of life. Yes. My cousin was like, I've always wanted to labor a baby. She had to have an emergency section. She's like, I've always wanted to labor one. And I was like, uh, I definitely have not. I've never had that instinct. And, uh, you know, if I had to have a C-section, I don't think I would miss, I wouldn't miss that. I wouldn't think that I like missed out or anything. But yeah, there was no defining moment. It was like the fear factor. The fear of a C-section became uh, greater than the fear of a vaginal birth.
1: Because <laughs> so. right, then you probably start, You knowing you, you're probably looking out outcomes of C-sections yeah. and all of the things. That
3: yeah, from- it was sort of, you know, and like the benefit to the baby. But, you know, I work with a lot of doctors. I work with one female physician, the rest have quit, which is really sad, um, honestly, because my department is just mm-hmm. so insane and not accommodating. And I said, Dr. So and so you have two kids, like, how did that go for you? You know, and doctors always have kids later on in life. And I'm not a doctor, but I'm having my kid later on in life. She's like, well, I couldn't get any time off. So I had to schedule my C sections, like I did elective C sections, and I scheduled them. And so I would be able to like make my schedule, you know, and take my six weeks, she had six weeks off, and whatever. And I'm like, Thinking to myself, he went back to work six weeks after a C-section, like she's an anesthesiologist and also like works in the ICU, you know, being like that just sucks. Like that sucks. And her kids, I think they're teenagers. So I think like 13 and 15. So 15 years ago, you know, she was doing this and I know people still do it to this day or women still do it to this day. But yeah, so, uh, so she's like, yeah, C-sections were no problem, but you know, I don't trust anyone that says these things anymore because they don't remember like what it turns out to be. So no one really remembers. So you just have to like create your own opinion and go with it. Well, we've talked about babies
0: a lot on this podcast. You were the biggest part of me being able to start this podcast. Oh, Like without you, like I would not have been able to start the WOMED. Like, and you know this, you were like, I'm your security blanket and I know that. Yeah, and then you also threatened to punch me in the throat if I didn't continue doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds you about right. You needed to step down. It is. I remember it verbatim because I knew I knew it was coming, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I completely understood like your why and everything like that. But I just kind of, you know, we've talked about this before, and we were like, if we can get to the point where we can do this full time, like you know, that'd be great, and like really make it a movement. And for me personally, like I knew when I when I had wanted to like bring on a podcast like another co-host again, I wanted it to be someone that kind of completed me like in a way that like I always felt like you did and and would still like push me and like be that be that balance. Jackie, you've been such a huge huge godsend to this podcast. I'm so excited for what we're going to create and Danny, like you, this wouldn't be here without you.
3: Well, I, that means a ton because, you know, the one thing that I always think to myself is if I am not able to complete all of the things that in my head I have wanted to have or do or complete or publish or, you know, whatever. And there are a lot up there. I hope that if I talk about it enough, other people will do all of those things. So that's like the best compliment that I could ever get and also to be related to Jackie like I do see similarities in Jackie and I uh, I love that you know because she's really cool. <laughs>
0: so, I know she's really cool right like really cool. Yeah,
3: so that's an a huge compliment and you know if I can inspire people to keep keep pushing uh, even when I can't I mean what what honestly like what else is what else is there to do like that I think that's that's great and especially to like be better at things than I ever was you know so uh that's like a legacy you know so I'm very happy that you continue with the podcast and I think it's hilarious that you remember I said I'd punch you in the throat which I don't remember saying that but it does sound like something I would say (laughs) (laughs) you totally did (laughs) I would
1: definitely say that you're right
0: And you know, this space is always open for you.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you.
1: You know, and I definitely want to piggyback off of what Danielle just said as well. And to hear you compliment me at all is like, I'm like totally blushing over here because when Danielle messaged me about potentially co-hosting this podcast with her, my first thought was obviously excitement and freaking out. But my my close number two was, this impending sense of pressure to fill the shoes of the Danielle Levesque truly um oh, you know I listened to the podcast and, yep I'm, I'm going there <laughs> but truly you know I listened to the podcast um I'd listened to the Vomed since the beginning and I love the conversations that the both of you had and you know, it, being an, uh, in FNP school and almost done with my DNP, I've looked up to you in a lot of ways and referenced a lot of your articles and have been, you know, a fan of yours for a long time. So when Danielle asked me to co-host, that was, you know, it's still definitely this, this, this sort of pressure that I'm trying to kind of overcome in my own way to feel like I am, in a sense, knowing that I can never fill... Danielle Levesque's shoes. I mean, you truly are like such a powerhouse in nursing and we are, the nursing community is so, so lucky to have you and so lucky to have your voice. For real. And so, you know, yeah, on my own personal level, kind of, you know, digesting this, you know, you don't have to necessarily fill someone's shoes, but finding my own, um, you know, niche here with this relationship with, with Danielle and I, but I'm truly grateful for the the platform that the two of you have built together with the well and I'm just so truly honored like I don't know another better word to to use besides feeling so honored to kind of come into the space that you guys have created so oh
3: well I think you're the perfect person and Thank you for the compliments. They make me nervous and I'm not great at accepting them. And my armpits are now sweating after you spoke. (laughs) So that was very, very kind of you. Thank you so much. But I think you guys, the two of you are going to be perfect. And uh, I can't wait to listen. And when I saw, when I heard the little intro, you know, like since I follow the podcast, it automatically popped up after my normal, you know, Wednesday released podcast. And I texted D right away. I was like, "Oh, it sounds so good i can't wait I can't wait to hear what you guys all have in store and um, I think it's it's gonna be fantastic and I'm so glad you didn't quit because this, I <laughs> Me mean, too. It's, it's a great platform, and Jackie has new ideas, and you always have new ideas d and uh yeah, so continue with the nurse d energy. We are you got any nurse d energy for us today? Nurse d energy, you know I so, I basically everything in my life expired while I was on maternity leave. Uh, as you know, working in a hospital, my passwords, of course, my fit test, because I had to go back and get my freaking mask fitted again, like knowing that I actually need to use it this time. Like, our fit test changed for life, you know, because you used to go to work and only wear your N95 like once a year, and now we wear it all the time. So to go get my stupid fit test done, my TB test, my ACLS, BLS expired, my DEA expired, my nursing license, and my nurse practitioner license expired. So I had to go back in the hospital and like take care of quite a few things. And, uh, you know, it's just such a weird feeling. Like you, you put your... You you wake up in the day and your pants don't fit. So like none of my clothes fit. So finally, you know, I like just bought new clothes. I was like, this is stupid. Like, what am I even doing? So I knew I had to go in the hospital and take care of all of this stuff in the day. So I did it last week. So I got my babysitter. I like put my new pants on, you know, that fit. I like busted out like a cool pair of sneakers. And I just like walked like a boss into that hospital. I was like, I'm getting all this done today. I don't care if I have to sit at my desk for, you know, 10 hours and wait in line. And I got my flu shot, you know, so it's like, I'm I'm walking in like a G, I'm going to get this done. And then I'm just going to go home to my baby and like, put him to bed. And it is something about it did just feel good. You know, I didn't see anyone I knew, but I was prepared if I did. It just felt to like, great to like, get back up again, you know, get some things done that needed to be done. I'll be them not. They're not very like great tasks, but to me, like coming back and getting all that stuff done sort of is like a big task. So that's a monumental task today. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my only, my only nurse D energy right now. But it did that was like one day that I felt like really good. I felt like, okay, I can do this. I can go back to work. I can, you know, see these patients. Hopefully my brain will be functioning. I'm gonna come in organized and like ready to go. So that's my nurse energy for today. Fuck yeah.
1: Hell yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I feel like I can take the day on now. I'm like, right? I'm going to fucking put some pants on, yes. put on a bold lipstick and just go yes. kick the shit out of this day. Let and you got to got
3: to make the list because, you know, I yes. like, got my little list and I'm like TB test, fit, fit test, check, check, you know, NP <laughs> license done. ACLS, BLS scheduled, which by the way, uh, I found an online ACLS, BLS course. And when you oh, use no. ACLS and BLS all the time, the last thing you want to do is sit in a two-day course. So I found one online; it was a miracle. So complete DEA license done. You know, all done. You know, I it it feels nice to to be caught up.
1: Yeah, those are Way all of those annoying tasks that just sit in our to-do list for weeks and then months, and the next thing you know, you pass your TB test yep. and you are
3: non-compliant and oh, totally so stressful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the glories of working in healthcare. Right. It and it's like it it just shows up. Like ACLS BLS. I kept getting these emails. Honestly, I ignored them because I was like, it can't be 2 years yet. Sure sure enough. It's been 2 years since I last did it. I could not believe it. So I was under pressure, but anyway, it's complete <laughs> now. Next week I go back for 3 shifts and um I'm nervous, but whatever. We'll make it work. You're going to be amazing. Go back to my COVID ECMO land, which I hear is growing rapidly. So I know maybe one day that'll dwindle back down again. Hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. Hopefully sooner than later. That's a whole other episode. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yes.
1: Yeah. I would love to have you back when you're back, you know, back in the hospital and hear more about how that transition is going heading back because... I'm sure you're going to have your hands full. On that note, Danny, I love you so
0: much. I'm so glad that we got to catch up because, I mean, even scheduling a FaceTime catch up with you
3: right now, <laughs> I know I know how you feel about it. Right, I don't answer the phone. Don't call me. No, if you want to Mm-mm. talk to me, text me. Then I'll yeah. then I'll respond. But yeah, this is this is how you used to get in all your FaceTime. So I know this is you. how I get- <laughs> This is your FaceTime. <laughs> I'm kind
0: of needy. That's okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Oh my God. I'm so happy that we got to speak with Danny. I know y'all loved getting to catch up with her. So if you aren't already following her, which hopefully you guys still are, or if you're new to the podcast, make sure you follow Danny at nurseabnormalities on Instagram. She's phenomenal. There's so many resources for new nurses, nurses in school, everything. She is just such a candid, real person to follow on Instagram. I cannot stress that enough. And also make sure you are following your new co-host, Jackie Darling, at Jacqueline Darling underscore RN. You nailed ah, it. You nailed it. Got right. it
1: right. I did. Uh, Yeah, I hope that you all loved this conversation as much as we did. And it was so great to have Danny back. I can guarantee you she will be coming back for many more episodes because we could have just kept on going. But in the meantime, as always, if you can please, please rate, review, subscribe, all of the things, it truly, truly does help us. And we are so excited to have you a part of this WOMED community. So on that note, WOMED. Out. Out.